Blog Talk Radio. Good evening to the Apostle Alexander Lachlan with the Burning Bush Church in Irwin, North Carolina. We count the privilege to be here this afternoon, to have an opportunity to minister to you. We pray that you got your listening ears on. We just want to start off with a portion of a little song that I love to sing, and uh, it has a lot of meaning to it. And So we ask that you would uh, govern yourselves and listen to the words of the song. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never failed me all my days. I've been held in your arms from the moment that I rose up till I laid down my head. I've been trusting in the mercy of your love. All my life I have been, you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Every moment of your mercy, I will trust in the goodness of God. We all going to trust in this goodness this afternoon because we realize without the goodness of the Lord, we wouldn't even be here today. Everything we do would be in vain. We love him. God wants to tell him that we love him every now and then. We're always telling everybody else we love him, but we're not telling God that we love him. We do not only tell him that we love him, but sure we love him in the way we live. He said, if you say you love me and keep not my commandments, he said, we lie. In other words, we're saying one thing and doing another. And God wants us to show us we love him by us keeping his commandment. So let us show God we love him by doing what the word said. The Bible says not he that know the word, but it's he that does the word. We can not only just know the word, we got to do the word. We have to do it each and every day. We want to talk this afternoon in this holiday season about something that uh, we don't talk about too much, but yet it's a part of our lives. We're talking about this afternoon, letting it go. Letting it go. Letting it go. We hold on to too many negative things, and when we hold on to negative things, negative things holds us back. But I come out to go into the holiday season this afternoon to encourage you to let it go. If it's not positive, let it go. If it's not doing you any good, let it go. If it's not causing you to advance to the things of God, let it go. If it's not giving you any joy, let it go. If it's not calling you to walk in a right relationship with God, let it go. If it's tearing you down, let it go. If it's calling you not to walk according to God's word, then you need to let it go. And scripture gives us, the word of God gives us scripture to help us let it go. God don't just tell us to let it go. What Lord I like about it, in the old days when they had the law, the law said, thou shalt not kill. The law said, thou shalt not steal. But yet the law didn't help them not to kill, and they didn't help them not to kill. And then when they killed or steal or committed adultery or fornication, the law killed them without even helping them do what it told them not to do. But but in Christ Jesus, he tells us that not to do it. Then he turned around and gives us grace to help us not to do it. Now, that's a difference than the law, because the law gave you no help. But in Christ Jesus, by grace, we got help. So we got grace, we got help in grace, but we didn't have help in the law. 
the law said one thing, but it didn't give it the power to to walk in what it said. But God, but God grace, oh, it is sufficient. He tells us not what to do. And then he turned around and says, I'll give you strength to not do the things that I told you not to do. So we want to walk in his grace. If we don't walk in his grace, then we'll find ourselves doing those things that we're not supposed to do. If you're struggling to, to, to move on from past hurt, then you need to look into the word of God. There's, that God has scriptures that will help you uh, get victory over the hurt that you uh, that you're going to, whether you seek forgiveness, healing, or prayer start. God's word will comfort you. It will help you. It will give you the answer that you need uh, to get victory over what you're going through. So we want to start with Jeremiah 31 and 34 says, we're talking about letting go. Now, first we want to talk about letting go of the past hurt. Letting go of past hurt. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. God wants us to let go of past hurt. And you not only if God forgive us of our sins, then we have to forgive others for their sin. And he said, remember it no more. Now, you can't forgive somebody their sin and they're wrong against you and then remember it. We're talking about, yeah, I'm going to forgive them, but I'm not going to forget it. No, that, that's the old state saying that says, so many long and so wrong it is. You've got to not only forgive, you got to forget it. You've got to let it pause to forget the things that are behind us. Reach forward to the things that are before us. Prayer to the mark of the prize of a high calling in Christ Jesus. So we have to let not only uh, not only forgive, we have to let it go. That Jeremiah 31, Ephesians 4 and 31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every malice. Other words, on the order for you to let go, you got to get rid of some stuff. So you can't get rid of bitterness holding on to bitterness. You can't get rid of rage and anger holding on to it. You can't get rid of brawling. That means fighting, slanders. Uh, if you want to hold on to it, he said, with all malice, because it turns into animosity. It turns into bitterness. It, it makes you angry, very, very ugly in the spirit. But in order for you to get rid of it, let it go, you got. in order for you to get rid of it, you got to let it go. That means turn it loose. That means uh, what's never lovely, what's never pure, what's never holy. Think on positive things. When you think on positive things, it helps you let go of bitterness. You, you see, bitterness is not going to let you go. Listen to me. Bitterness is not going to let you go. Rage is not going to let you go. Anger is not going to let you go. Brawling is not going to let you go. Slander, along with malice, is not going to let you go. That's why the writer says you let it go. It's not going to let you go. It won't stay there as long as you let it. It will not move. It won't go nowhere. You'll be bitter in the morning. You'll be bitter tomorrow. You'll be bitter in the evening. So what you've got to realize, realize that you are bitter about what somebody did to you, whether it's my husband, whether it's your wife, brother or sister, whether it's a family member or somebody in the choir, whether it's somebody on your job. It does not matter what makes you bitter. Whoever it is, whatever it is, whatever got you raging, whatever got you angry, whatever you got, got you just acting beside yourself, you got to get rid of it so that you can go on, because you can't go beyond this until you let it go. Matthew 6 and 14 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So, <coughs> excuse me, this is what's wrong. You won't forgive others of their, you won't forgive others for their sin, so that's why 
you you still carrying the burden around. He said, if you forgive others, then God will forgive you. If you forgive others, God will forgive you. So you've got to find forgiveness in others. Excuse me. you got to find forgiveness by forgiving others. So that's letting go. Otherwise, let, letting, letting go of unforgiveness. you got to let it go. And when you let it go, then God will bless you. Now, when you hold on to it, then you're not going to get no blessing, and then you're going to be burdened by that that you're holding on to. Matthew 5, 23-24 says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, remember that your brother or sister has something against you, and you know we all face that. Leave your gift there in the front of the altar. Go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Did God said he don't want your gift? No, that ain't not what he said. He appreciate you bringing him a gift. He want the gift. He did not tell you not to bring the gift. That's why he told you to leave the gift there. If he didn't want the gift, he would have told you to take it back with him. But he didn't tell you that. He said leave the gift there. What God wants you to do is have a right relationship with your brother and your sister. God don't want you trying to tell me you love him and then don't love your brother and sister. It don't work that way. God said, how can you love me who you never seen and then hate them that you see every day? See, you don't play that trick on God. See, God don't play that. you got to show God you love it. And God said, leave the gift there. Go find out why that person don't like you or why that person mad at you. Go find out why y'all having an indifference between one another. Find out why that person is cold-hearted and, 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 and ill towards you. Find out. Then when you find out, fix it if you can. Then come back and offer the gift, and I will take it. Praise God. God said, I'll take it then. Um, Romans 14 and 19, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. You know, you find so many people talking about, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not, gonna, I'm not telling them I'm sorry. I don't care what they say. I ain't saying I'm sorry. I ain't did nothing wrong. And I ain't this and I ain't going to do that. Well, when you've been born again, you got to get rid of the angst. Because you're not live by angst no more. You live by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit told you in, the, in Romans 14 and 19, uh, uh, make every effort. You make every effort you can to seek that relationship, that communication, that that, that, that division that you got between you and your brothers and your sister or your pastor or whoever it is, that it might lead to peace. Do everything you can to make it lead to peace, not confusion. When you get on the phone with others talking about it, you leave them to confusion. Y'all gossiping about it, that's going to lead to confusion. It's going to lead to discord. No, you go to that person, and you try to make peace and fix it as much as you can, and then God will bless you for doing so. Luke 6 and 37, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will forgive. The word of God is so separate. Now, listen, there's no need of you opening up your Bible and reading your Bible if you're not going to do what the Bible said. The Bible is a book of do. It's not just a book of knowledge, wisdom, and education. The Bible ain't there to just just to excite you, to give you some spiritual knowledge of something that happened in the past. The Bible is there for you to live by, to apply the ordinance, the status, the precepts, the commandments of your life, and live by. Do what it says. If it said don't kill, don't kill. It said don't steal, don't steal. Don't commit adultery. It said don't commit adultery. Now you can read it all. You you can read all you want to. There ain't no enchantment in that verse that says, that's not coming at all. They're going to grab you and make you not committed. No, you just got to be obedient and do what the Scripture says. Colossians 3 and 13, 
bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive, and the Lord forgave you. Isn't that simple? That's all he said. He said, if any of you have a grievance, and you know how we have misunderstanding between one another, don't let the sun go down, and you know you mad and and at this and at difference with somebody. He said, if any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive, and the Lord have forgave. Forgive them for whatever they've done, and just say, well, I, I forgive you. And when you do that, then God can God is pleased because now you you're not walking around with mess in your heart. You're not walking around with animosity in your heart, discord in your heart, and they're gonna want to sing in the choir and usher the usher, but and do all these things in the Lord house. Mark eleven and twenty five. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. How simple the scripture is. When you stand praying and it comes to your attention that somebody has done you wrong and you have to forgive them, he said, forgive them. So your heavenly father will forgive you. That's that simple. There's really nothing to add to that. Just do what it says. If you know you got something in your heart, then he said, forgive them. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord, of everyone, if possible. As it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. See what he says? It says, now, when you stand praying, and know you're praying, and you, you hold, he said, do not hold anything against anyone. He said, forgive them right then while you're praying. Ask God to help you forgive them. Forgive them. Lord, I forgive them for what they did to me. And mean it from your heart. And when you do that, uh, God will take care of the rest. He will appreciate what you did. And he will bless you. So, Colossians, uh, Mark 11 and 25, when you stay in praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. And so your heavenly Father, and it says it again, in heaven may forgive you. So the writer is just repeating himself, saying, Mark and Colossians, that when you're there praying, if you got anything in your heart, see, we walk around here with mess in our heart, trying to go to heaven anyhow, trying to uh, uh, stand in God's presence when God sees that our hearts are messing towards one another. Church is not a listen. Do you not know the greatest two commandments in the Bible is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength? Then love thy neighbor and you love yourself. The Bible said these two commandments cover the whole Bible. This is what we're all about. It's about loving God and loving people. Now, if you can't love God and not love people, you can't love God and have mess in your heart toward people. Because if these are the two greatest commandments, they cover the whole Bible. How in the world are you going to leave that out and not like people? Some people are so religious. When it comes down to God, they're so religious. But when it comes down to people, they don't like nobody. How are you going to not like somebody and yet love God? Who God? How can God use you to help somebody? And how can somebody like you if you don't like them? You got to understand that when you when you've been working in the ministry, you got to like some. You got to have a likable spirit. You got to be the kind of person that God can use to be a blessing to somebody else. Romans twelve seventeen through eighteen says, "And do not repay anyone evil for evil. 
be careful. Do not what is, do what is right. And I listen. Do not become anyone. Now we're talking to Christian people. We're not talking to sinners because sinners are not going to listen to the word of God. The Bible says they are contrary to the word. They're not going to listen to it. They are not obligated to listen to the word. We're talking about people that say they've been born again, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost sealed inside that day. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. They do you evil, don't pay them back evil. Don't try to get evil with them. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of God. Now you ain't doing it in the eyes of people now. You're doing it in the eye of God. So be careful to do it in the eye of God. They said if it's possible, and it's appeared on you, live peace with everyone. Sometimes it ain't possible. But he said, if it's possible, live peaceful with everyone. So you have to, you know, sometimes you just like to let people alone and just get away from them. So, so they just keep so much fuss and so much discord. And, and so you just can't, you know, you see you can't follow people. With them. Don't continue to stay with them and let them let your spirit. Second uh, Corinthians five and seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation had come, and the old had gone. The new is here. Anyone, if anyone's in Christ, it's men of whoever we are. If we are in Christ Jesus, we're not an old person. I'm not. I'm not the old Alexander. I'm the new Alexander. Uh, the the, 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 the Christ like Alexander. I'm not the Adam Alexander that lived in the flood, but I'm the Christ Alexander that lived in the spirit. I'm a new creature, a, a new creature, and new creature means creation. When they say you're a new creation, that means I'm a new creature. I'm not the same person. I don't have the same spirit. I don't have the Adamic nature no more. I got the Christ nature. I've been born again. God has taken me out the nature of, of, of Adam. He has taken me the Adamic nature out of me. And he put his spirit in me. Now I have that Christ nature. I've been born again. I'm, I've been adopted. I got the DNA of heaven. I'm a child of God. He adopted me, and I'm a, I'm a royal priesthood. I am a, I'm a, I'm a, a, a child of God. Now, he's my father. And the Bible said I can call him father. Now, Abba, father, because he's my father. That's a privilege. That's an honor to be able to call God father, and we be his children. Why? Because we've been born again. Why? Because we are a new creature. Oh, my God. All right. Now we're going to talk about, we're talking about letting go. You remember? First of all, we said letting go of past hurt. That had to do with letting go of past hurt. Now, these verses are going to talk about letting go of resentment. Oh, wow. See, hurt can turn into resentment. And when you resent something, you hold it in your heart. You're walking around with it like a stain in your clothes. It's just there. It don't want to go nowhere. Resentment will, will make you bitter. Resentment will make you ill. That resentment will make you just turn your nose to that folk. The resentment will make you don't want to be around folks. And the Bible says, forget not to assemble ourselves together. And if you've got resentment in your heart, you don't want to assemble with nobody. You don't even want to be around nobody. So be careful that you don't let uh, uh, resentment get in your heart, and it makes you act contrary. Matthew 6 and 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. When you forgive someone, that was that right there will take away resentment. That right there kill resentment. That that right there will keep resentment from from from, 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 from taking wings and flying. Amen. Colossians three and thirteen. Make make allowance. Listen to this. Make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who is seeing you. Remember. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. 
But this evening we're talking about letting go, forgiving, love, and love. Let love take over when you do all that. After you let go and forgive, then you got to show love. Put love back in the spot where you had hate, where you had bitterness, where you had resentment. Let the love of God. The Bible said, let the love of God be spreaded abroad in your heart. Oh, I feel your anointing coming in now. Oh, God, it's shit to do something, y'all. I feel the anointing coming in now. Oh, my God. I feel a strong presence of the anointed. Somebody need to know this. Make no lie. See, other words, don't you make it room. You, you, you allow that mess to stay in you because you're talking about it. You're on the phone talking to somebody. You've been gossiping about it today. Oh, oh yeah. Somebody called you. Y'all been talking a whole hour, two hours, three hours. When folks start gossiping, you just know, never know how long gossip can last. You don't realize you're still there a whole hour, two hours, talking about that thing that you could have been praying about. You made a line for it. You made room for it. The Bible said make no alliance for each other fault. When people make a mistake, don't sit around and talk about it all day. Uh, he said, if anyone has seen you, remember, said the Lord forgave you. And when you ask God to forgive you, he didn't talk about it all day. He just simply forgave you. Okay? So we're talking about resentment now. Let's get rid of resentment because resentment will will make you bitter. It will steal your joy. Mark 11 and 25, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything, we read that earlier, another verse against anyone, forgive them so your Father in heaven will forgive you. So resentment will. See, God wants to forgive you, but God can't forgive you if you don't forgive those that don't hurt you. And then now we're going to talk about uh, letting go, uh, 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 and finding healing and peace. When you let go, see, see, sometimes you can't find what you need because you won't let go of what you're in. When you, won't, when you hold on to something and don't let it go, it hinders you from finding what you actually need to help you get the victory. Finding healing and peace. Psalm 147 and 3 says, Psalm 147 and 3 says, He, is, he, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Who is he? Tell my God, the Holy Ghost. He, God, through the power of the Holy Ghost, he heals your broken heart. I don't care how broke your heart is. The Holy Ghost can heal it. But you got to do, you got to let go. You got to, so there, there are some procedures you got to go by. Mm-hmm. You got to follow the procedure. If you don't follow the procedure, and the doctor send you home with the medication, you don't follow the procedures. You may still be be bad off this time next week because you went home and didn't do what the doctor told you. And you went down and told you to take that medicine two times a day. You only touch it one time, and you touch it when you want it to. And you wonder why you feel bad. And then the doctor said, take it all. Don't stop. Don't stop and leave two or three pills. Take it. And basically, when you're doing antibiotics, it tells you you got to take every bit of it, all of it. So it can uh, completely get all the infections and the bacteria out of your body or whatever you're going on. But no, you're going to take, he's about to get your 13 pills, so you take it for the next 13 days. You took it for three days and got, because you didn't like the way it made you feel, and you didn't take it the next 13, uh, uh, 10 days, and now here you in with the same condition, because you took matters in your own hands. The Word of God is not something that if you lay down and decide what you're going to do, and you've got to do what it says. And when you do what it says, it'll bless you. It said he will heal the broken heart. Look, Psalm 34 and 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those crusty spirits. See, God knows your heart is broken. His Bible says he's close. You just don't know how close. You say there thinking you hurt by yourself. Sitting there crying. God, when Moses started crying, and he got there by that war, them people aggravated Moses and frustrated him. And Moses said, God told me, shut up, hush. 
Get up from that crying. God knows you broken. He knows you hurt. He said, Moses, get up from that crying. Why you down there crying, letting the people make you cry? What's in your hands? Check that rod out. You need to get up and stretch out your rod, your rod of faith. Get up and stretch out your rod of faith. Know that if God is for you, who can be against you? Yes, the Lord knows your heart is broken, and he's going to mend that broken heart. He's going to put it back together, but he needs your help. He said he cloaks with a broken heart. All you got to do is pray. He said, Lord, my heart broken. He knows already. Lord, my heart broken. My Lord, Lord, my heart is crushed. My spirit is crushed. See, when your heart broken, your spirit gets crushed. And God is able to put your heart back together and fix your spirit too. Matthew 11 and 28, come to me all weary and burdened, and I'll give you will. See there? He already knows. He already knows your heart is broken. He already knows your spirit is crushed. He said, come to him. Oh, he didn't say some. He didn't say uh, uh, he had a respectable person. He said, oh, everybody. And he said, I'll give you rest from that, that burden. I'll give you rest from that heaviness that you got going on. Uh-huh. Now we want to talk about listen. We're going to jump from here and there. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to put some on your plate. I'm going to fill your plate up tonight. You 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 you're gonna get a you gonna get you gonna get the uh, the value meal tonight. You know it comes with various things more than just fries. Amen. You're gonna get the value meal tonight, so your plate should be pretty loaded when we leave here. You shouldn't be hungry after we leave tonight. Amen. Letting go of regret and guilt. Let me say it again. Letting go of regret, and we all are guilty of that. Some more so than others. Letting go of regret. Because you can't change what doesn't happen. And being guilty ain't going to help none. The devil got you thinking that, that you're guilty that you're punishing yourself. You can't punish yourself for what you done done. You just need to let it go. Let God forgive you. Let go. Let it go. And God will take care of the rest. Feel one thing. But one thing I do. That's Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Paul is talking. But this is one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal of to win the prize for which God had called me here at work in Christ Jesus. Letting go of the things that are behind him, Paul says. Pressing toward the things that are before. Pressing to the mark of the pride of a high calling. Paul, but you got to let go. If you don't let go of regret, if you don't let go of guilt, if you don't let go of regret and let go of guilt, then it's going to burden you. It's going to hold you back. You're not going to be able to make it to the higher calling in God. It is in Christ Jesus. I remember many years ago that I, we all come short of the glory of God in some sense. And I was hurt and wounded because I had come short of God's glory. Yes, I would beat myself up, and, and, I, and I didn't understand why I was feeling the way I felt, and I had a dream. And in the dream, Everybody that was with me, we were headed to heaven, and then we were all trying to get to heaven. And in the dream, something was holding me back. They were people were passing on by me, and it looked like I was I was tangled up in briars, I was tangled up in wire or something, and something that held me back, and I couldn't get to where I, I saw heaven, but I couldn't get to it because something was holding me back. And I asked God what it was, because I really wanted to know, and because I was sincere in serving the Lord, I was true in serving God. And I asked him, I said, Lord, what is this? And what is it, God? And then he said, you won't forgive yourself. 
And God told me in the dreams that you won't forgive yourself, and that's what's holding you back. Do you not know you can hold yourself back by not forgiving yourself, but by, by living in guilt? It's a trick of the enemy to make you think that that's what you need to be. You need to be feel guilty for what you did was so wrong, and you need to feel guilty for it. And God said you won't forgive yourself. So in the dream, I forgave myself. And when I forgave myself in the dream, when God told me that, the briars and whatever that would have held me back turned loose and let me go. And they think, no, I, I was in, out there where they went. It was like it like I ended up in heaven, and it was like high, like high cotton. It was like, I don't know, it wasn't like I was walking on the dirt or nothing in the ground. It was like I was walking in cotton, like I was walking in the cloud, like I was walking in nothing, even though there was something there. Why? Because I forgave myself. Somebody need to forgive yourself. This evening, you quit letting the enemy beat you up with anxiety and all that stuff. There ain't nobody but a trick of the devil, and he he got you. He he got you beating yourself up, and you won't let go of regret. Won't let go of it. Won't let go of what happened. It doesn't happen. It's over with now. God doesn't forget you, and you still holding on to it. Amen. Psalms one forty five and eight. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and rich in love. Amen. God ready to forgive you. He's gracious. He's compassionate. Yes, he know what you've done was wrong. But he didn't just get mad at you time you did it. The Bible says he he's slow to anger. God is God don't get mad quick like we do. God all of a sudden soon as something happens, we ready to go off the hell or get our gun, get our knife, go get a weapon and fix it. That's not God. Yet he can be angry. But the scripture said it, it, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hand of an angry God, but he doesn't get angry sudden. Uh-huh. If you repent, we need to do like David, repent quickly. God is gracious. Remember, he's he, he compassionate. He cared about your brokenness. He see what you're going through. First John 1 and 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to, to forgive. I purify us from all unrighteousness. Look what the writer said in John one, first John one nine. He said, "If we confess our sins, now God ain't gonna confess. God is not gonna confess your sin for you. You got to confess your sin yourself." He said, "If you confess your sin, he said God is faithful and just. God is waiting for you to." Ask him to forgive you. God is waiting for you to tell him you messed up, even though he know you messed up. He's waiting for you to tell him, Lord, I messed up. Will you forgive me? And the Bible says he's faithful. You're his child. He's your heavenly father. It's just like I never forget that saying. But I ain't mistaken. It was I was thinking mistaken. I might be Abraham Lincoln, but I'm not mistaken. I think it was George Washington, and one who they got a famous saying was he said I would I do. He said I, I will not lie. I did chop down the cherry tree, and you know we heard that as a little child. We always heard that. Oh, that meant so much when he read that part of that George Washington uh, were honest. He told his daddy, "Yes, daddy, I'm gonna be honest. I chopped down the cherry tree." I said, well, George Washington had a good dad because I wouldn't have told my dad I chopped down no cherry tree. He would have had to find out I chopped that cherry tree down because my dad, he wouldn't have been so generous as George Washington's dad was. But that was a famous saying that everyone, that he often would say it. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm sorry, I chopped. Yes, God wants us to come boldly and, and confess our fault to him, not man, but to him and to God, yes. I did do this, and I did it. And God will quickly forgive you. The Bible says this, and not only will God forgive you, he said that God will 
purify you. What good is God forgiving you if he leave what you did, leave that that make you did that there? Then you're going to go and do it again. He said he will, come, will forgive you, then he will cleanse you, he will purify you, so that you won't do that no more. Now, let us go on. We're getting there. Amen. Just move more room on your plate. Got some more coming. You got to let go of fear and anxiety. Yes, fear come to everybody's house. The Bible says, be not afraid when sudden fear come upon you. Fear comes to everyone's home. And when it does, you got to give it to God. Don't let it make you act rational. Don't let it act that make you act beside yourself. Don't let it make you take matters in your own hand. But when fear comes, anxiety comes, try to depress you, try to make you feel uneasy. Mm-hmm. Anxiety comes to take your joy, to make you feel bad, make you lose hope. But you got to let it go and look until the heels will come at your help, knowing all your help comes from the Lord. Isaiah 41.10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteousness in my right hand. And what Isaiah 41 and 10 says, he said, do not fear. Now, he didn't say fear what it comes. He said, when it comes, don't you, don't you grab hold of it. Don't you let it affect you. Tell the devil you're a lie. I'm not going to fear uh-uh, I'm not going to let this make me afraid. I'm not, because fear will make you give up. Fear will make you quit. Fear will make you not do what the Lord says, because you fear that if I do it, they're going to talk about me. Oh, I've been there where, where I, I finally did it later on, but for a while I was hindered because I talk about what somebody, I fear what somebody's going to say. I fear they're going to say, well, he's not this. He ain't that. God ain't called him to preach. So I paused about it instead of going telling my pastor because I just felt like that people going to say, well, he, he don't qualify to be no preacher. God ain't called him. You can't worry about what people say. If you know God didn't call you to preach, don't you fear. Don't you let somebody make you sit on your calling because you worry about what they say. They didn't call you. God called you. And you, and, and then you don't need their approval. You don't need nobody approval if God has called you to the ministry, if God has called you to preach, and whatever God has called you to do, you don't need nobody. And see, that's what fear does. Fear will come and stop you. Fear will hinder you. Fear will make you not do what you need to do. Fear will make you stand still. Fear will make you quit. It will make you give up. It will make you sit down on the job, on the task. That's why God had to quickly, just I had God had to quickly tell, tell uh, 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 Joshua, he said, as I was with Moses, so am I with you. Why did God tell him that? Because he knew that Joshua was beginning to fear. He with all these hard-headed people that have been hard-headed with Moses. Now he got to lead them over to the other side. They didn't want to listen to Moses. So he wondered, they're going to listen to me. But God told him, say, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Now that was discouraging. That was enough for him to get this made. That that was enough to encourage him so he will be strengthened. Those words will strengthen themselves. But God told Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I encourage you to say this. Don't let fear make you become dismayed, make you stop, make you quit, make you throw in the time. First Peter 5 and 7, have all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All your anxiety. All those feelings of, of, of worthlessness, those feelings of defeat, 
feel like that you don't lost, feel like things ain't working in your favor, feel like that you ain't going to be able to get through this trial that you're going through. It just took your joy. But cast all your care on God. Cast all your anxiety on the Lord. The writer said, because he cared for you. Think about this now. He cared. God cared. He cared that you were depressed. He cared that you were in loony dooms. He cared that you were in despair. He cared that you don't lost your joy. He cared that you at a point where you feel like throwing in the towel, you want to give up. He don't want you to do that. That's why he sent me by this. I was going to tell you to let go of fear and anxiety. Let it go. Let it go. John 14 and 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Isn't that something? He encouraged us again. He's telling Peter, John 14, 27, he said, my peace, not the world peace. The world peace will fade away. He said, my peace I leave with you. He said, not in the world. Uh, in other words, this peace that I give you didn't come from the world. It came from heaven. He said, my peace. He said, I do not give you as the world give it, because the world cannot compare to what the peace that the Lord give. world will give, and you'll lose it tomorrow. He said, but the peace I give you is spiritual. This peace is from heaven. Don't let your heart be troubled. He said, don't let it be, be afraid. In other words, trust in me. Know that I got your back. Know that I didn't bring you this far to leave you now. Know that I'm going to bring you through this holiday season. Know that I'm going to take care of your children. I'm going to take care of your family. You know, I reminded when I was a little boy, because God is a provider. He said, if I feed the bird of the air, if I close the leader of the valley, I'll take care of you. We lived we lived in the country, and I mean, the home we lived in in those days wasn't the best. You had to put pans in the bed when it's night when it rained to catch water, and hopefully you didn't. And many times that didn't help didn't didn't help much. Many times the bed would be soaking wet because you didn't have enough of a pan to catch all those holes that was up there in the ceiling. But you got, you got the one that ran the most, the one that pulled the most water out, and, and tried to get by. And at Christmas time, times were hard because mom and dad didn't really have a whole lot of money. At the end of the summer, they just did break even with the, with the sharecropper. They sharecropped. And at the end of the summer, the man would tell them, well, you just paid off your bill. You just did pay off the bill from last year. And so now here they is broke from just paying the bill from last year. Now they got to go and borrow all went along so that they can pay that off next summer when they start working. So times were hard and they had no money the Bible for Christmas. But my dad was a praying man. My mama was a praying man. So here it was, we had nothing for Christmas, nothing at all. I mean, it was nothing. We had nothing. No no candy, no nuts, no toys, no nothing. But it was okay. Thank God we had each other. But Christmas Eve, a day before Christmas, this man comes out with a long station wagon, which was a Jew, and he said that God told him, I mean, we live so that far down in the woods, he don't know how to know where we at. He comes down there, down this road, this dirt road, because he said God led him to come down there one night. Come down there with the long wagon. He opened up the back of his wagon. He took out toys and candies and apples and oranges. I mean, when he left, 
They were enough of toys for everybody in the house. There were apples and oranges for plenty for everybody in the house, nuts and peanuts and walnuts and, and candy and everything. He said God told him to do that. He came down there and blessed our family real good. He was so that the Christmas tree, the bells, we didn't know it until later on. My mama put the Christmas tree up. It had bells on it, and the bells on the Christmas tree were made out of chocolate. Oh, we, we were so excited. We started eating the bells out of the group. The bells on the Christmas tree were made out of chocolate. God provided. He made a way somehow, and we had toys that we wanted to expect to have. We woke up on Christmas morning. Mama had touched the toys. She didn't say who she's going to get what to what. But when we make up on Christmas morning, there were toys in everybody's pocket. We all were blessed with nuts and apples and oranges. When one day didn't seem like a nun, another day made the difference. God provides from day to day. He said if you see the bird of the air, clothe the lily of the valley, he will take care of us. Wow, isn't that something? to have a God that does stuff like that, that does do us that way. Now we want to talk about letting go of shame and self-blame. Letting go of shame and self-blame. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, other words, we'd be sitting around condemning ourselves. We make a mistake, we, we come short of God's glory, then we turn around and blame ourselves. Uh-huh, shame. We're ashamed that we send it. And then we sit around and blame ourselves. But the Bible said there are no for. God is not condemning you. Christ died on the cross. He died on the cross that your sin might be forgiven. He died on the cross that even though you made that mistake, you might be forgiven for that mistake. You ain't got to walk around blaming yourself. You ain't got to walk around with that chip on your shoulder because there's no, no condemnation. We that are in Christ, you are not condemned. We, 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 we have been brought from condemnation. Jesus became condemned that we might not be condemned. Jesus became sin that we might be forgiven. Jesus hung on the cross and took our punishment that we might be free. So Jesus already paid for our shame. He prayed for our blame. He prayed for our condemnation. That's why the writer said, they are there for now. Quit letting people condemn you. Quit letting people point their finger at you. Quit letting people make you feel guilty when you've already been forgiven. Ephesians 2 and 8. Ephesians 2 and 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God. Wow. Isn't that something? God has forgiven us. And he wants to know that we've been forgiven. And we forgive others. Look how he forgave us. He said we have been forgiven by grace. We're saved through faith. This is not something that we've done. This is the gift of God. There's no reason for us to bow. It is God's gift. So we ought to receive it and accept it and be grateful that God had given us such a gift. Second Corinthians 12 and 9, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. This is Paul talking because he had a thorn in his flesh, and it didn't want to seem to go nowhere, and it kept bothering him. He asked God to forgive him for the movement. Whatever it was, we don't know. We, he didn't say what it was. It said it was a thorn in his flesh. But he said, instead of God moving it, God told him no. And he said, why God said it? God said, I'm going to leave it there because you're so anointed. My power is so great on you, you get the big head and start exalting yourself. 
and start, uh, you know, want to take my praise, want to take my glory. So to keep you humble, I'm going to let this thing stay there. So you know that I'm God, that you ain't no God. I'm God in you. You ain't God in yourself. So God let that stay there, whatever it was, but he gave him grace to deal with it. If something's going on in your life and God don't move it, then God's going to give you grace to deal with it. So you deal with it until God uh, moves it, if he decides to move it, you know, because it may be his intention to move it. But right now, he wants you to deal with it. We don't want to go through nothing, but we want to accomplish something. We want to be something. You can't be something if you don't go through nothing. You can't be great if you're not willing to go through your trials and tests. These tests and trials come to make you great. These tests and trials come to make you victorious. These tests and trials come to, to make you a, 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 a victorious, not a victim. See, we mess around and let our trials and tests make us a victim. And we're around guilty with our head hung down in shame. No, they come to make you a victorious, not a victim. Now we're going to talk about letting go of bitterness and anger. We're getting there. Letting go. We're in the holiday season now. Let, if you got bitterness in you, let it go. If you got anger in you, let it go. Season 4, 31 to 32 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. We read that earlier, brawling and slander. Uh-huh. Get rid of all this and compassionate to one another. Be compassionate to one another, forgiving one another. Get rid of it. Matthew 5 and 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who, who persecute you. Now, that is one there that people have a problem with. People have a problem with this right here. He said, love your enemies. He didn't say talk about your enemies. He didn't go around telling everybody what your enemy did. Uh, yeah, on Facebook, throwing uh, flames to your enemy and know if you're mad at them. He said, I tell you to love your enemy. Ain't that something? It don't mean you got to go hug their neck. And that don't mean you got to invite them to your birthday party. It means you got to love them in Christ Jesus the way God will love them and pray for them. Pray for their soul. Pray for what they've done to you that God will forgive them for what they did for you. Proverbs 10 and 12. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all sin. If you hate them, if you hate them, if you hate somebody for what they've done to you, conflict going to come behind it. Huh? But love will cover that sin they did. Yeah, that's what God wants you to do. God wants you to love them. So that sin that they committed will be forgiven them. Now we're going to talk about letting go of despair and hopelessness. See, when you hold on to bitterness and anger, then it turns into despair and and hopelessness. So you want to let go of despair, feeling sad, feeling downtrodden, feeling like there ain't ain't no hope, feeling like you ain't going to get out of this. Romans 15 and 13, may the God of hope, not listen, the God you serve is a God of hope. That means he can fix it. That means he has the ability to fix it. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Uh-huh. We are in the holiday season now. This is the joy season. This is a season where it's too nice. The folks that in mean want to be nice. Just like the folks that ain't got no joy get joy. The folks ain't even nice start being nice. This is a joyful season. It said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when you hope in God, when you hope in God, you will overflow with hope. 
Isn't that something? When you hope in God, you will overflow in hope. And that's what God wants you. He wants you to hope and to hope get in you. When you start hoping in God, hope will get in you. Make that way you've been talking like you got hope. You'll be praying like you got hope. You'll be walking around with a smile on your face like you got hope. Knowing that the God of your salvation, the God of your hope is going to see you through. The God of your hope is going to give you victory over this thing you're going through. Isn't that something? God loves you. It is his desire that you eat the good of the land. It's God's will that you get victory over what you're going through. It ain't God's will for you to stay in that trial, the test you're going through. But you got to follow the procedure. you got to follow the protocols. Of, yeah, you end up staying in something other. Uh, and God ain't got you there. Because, see, God, the only way he can bring you out is you follow the orders of service. you got to follow his word. you got to do what his word say in order for you to get the victory. If you want God to forgive you, then you got to forgive others. When you do these things, then God will do the rest. Psalm 32 and 11, Psalm 42 and 11, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. David is talking. He asked his soul a question. My soul, why you feel so downtrodden, feel so discouraged? Why you walk around with a frown on your face, my soul? He said, when you put your hope in God, said, when you put your hope in God, Oh, my God, that discouragement, that down, that downcast will leave. Your disturbance will leave when you put your hope in God. Somebody need to put their hope in God this evening. Somebody, I hope you get something out of this. I hope you're forgiving. I hope you're letting it go. I hope you're putting this mess behind you. I hope you get get ready to get on the telephone when we get through doing this message tonight and call somebody up and tell them you're sorry. Call that call it that dad that you have not talked to in years. Call up your mom who you ain't talked to in years. Call up your brother or sister that you ain't talked to in years. Call up that family member you ain't talked to in years. Call up your ex wife that you're still mad, your ex husband that you're still mad. Call up that family member you feel mad with and you know you've been holy good and call yourself and been saved. Talk about you saint and fire, holy ghost healing and five bad times and know you mean. You they don't make you mean yes, it will mean what they did to you. But you let it make you let them make you mean. Now you mean. You mean from 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 what they done to you. Now if you mean and they mean, then you both mean and now both of you are lost out. And God don't want you to let the meanness of others make you mean. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I like this. For I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plan to give you hope and favor. I ain't going to stay on that long because we all know that there. God's plan is for you to have the best. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to get over that bitterness. He wants you to get over that hurt. Yes, he understands. He cares that you hurt. He cares that you've got resentment in you. He cares that you're bitter. He cares that somebody done you wrong. But he wants you to let it go. He wants you to let it go so he can bless you. You're holding your blessing back because you won't let it go. Oh, now let's go a little further. Letting go of grudges and resentment. We're back here again. Now, this is not, we talked about resentment a while ago, but your resentment will turn into grudges. You're mad at everybody. You're a grim. You're a grim. Can't nobody get along with you. You're grasping. Don't let nobody want to call you. If they see you, they're going to turn and go the other way because you're so grouchy. Your resentment will turn into grudges. you just grouching. You do, oh, my, you just so, um, you just, you, you, you're not a good person to be around. 
Colossians 3 and 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have agreement against someone, forgive. We read that earlier. This is how you get rid of grudges. You forgive. Romans 12 and 18, if it's possible and it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it's possible. See, sometimes it ain't possible to live at peace with some people because they are so mean and so, so you know, so hard-hearted. And the best thing to do is just tell them hello and goodbye and go on back to business. First Peter 3 and 9, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because of this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. See, God wants you to inherit a blessing. You ain't called to be, listen, you ain't called to be mean because somebody done you wrong. You're not called to be bitter toward them because somebody called, did you, you called to be nice. You called to be different. The Bible says if you're going to act like them, then you know better than they. If you're going to act mean like other people that mean to you, if you ain't going to act different, you ain't going to show no love, if you're not going to be a peculiar person, then you ain't doing nothing but being like them. Now we want to talk about letting go uh, of needing to fix everything. Let, in other words, fix it, fix it yourself. Take it matters into your hands. Let go and let God fix it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. In other words, don't go trying to fix it yourself. Don't go trying to make matters in your own hands. You 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 ain't doing nothing but making not a word. Uh, plotting right now, planning how you're gonna fix it. It really you ain't fixed, you ain't thought about how to do it yet. It said trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean into that old ungodly understanding. Your mind will mislead you. That stuff we're telling you to do, it ain't right. Psalm thirty seven, five and six, commit your way unto the Lord and trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your, your your righteous. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, and your vindication like the noonday sun. In other words, if you let God fix it, it will come out right. You will come out blessed. You will come out with joy, and God will take care of your enemies. But you got to let God do it. He said, "Commit your way to the Lord and trust with Him." And he said, "God will do this. God will show you so much joy." He will show you so much peace. You'll be so happy when God gets through this thing that you'll be amazed. Matthew 6 and 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has a, each, a, enough trouble of its own. Do you not know that? Each day, listen to that. Each day has enough of trouble of its own. You're not supposed to be worrying about tomorrow. Why are you worrying about tomorrow? The troubles of the day will crush you. Now you mess around and got crushed by today's problem, worrying about something about tomorrow. Whatever tomorrow is going to bring, it's going to bring God. Remember that. You've been born again. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. Do you think your tomorrow is going to come and God ain't going to be in it? I mean, can I tell you something? God already, before your tomorrow get here, God already went into your tomorrow. He know about your tomorrow. He know everything your tomorrow holds. So God's already prepared. He's prepared to handle your tomorrow. You ain't got to be afraid. Worrying about your tomorrow, because God already got it. Now, last but not least, letting go of negative thoughts and emotions. Now, you out there, you know good and well that thought controls your emotions. This is how people act the way they act, because they let bad thoughts mess with their emotions. Uh-huh. When your thoughts are hooked to your emotions, you're going to act off of your thoughts. That's why he said what's never lovely, what's never pure, what's never just, what's never holy, what's never a good report, 
was never trustworthy. Think on these things. What's never true? You think on these things. When you think on these things, then you won't be have even negative thought that affect your emotions and got you acting out your character. We as Christians cannot act out of our character. Thirty eight Philippians four and eight says, Finally, brother and sister, and I already said that without even looking at it. Finally, brother and sister, what's never true, what's never noble, what's never right, what's never pure, what's never lovely, what's never is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. So you got to think about think the right things. You got to think of things that are, are, are good, things that are pure, things that are holy. When you do that, you'll find yourself acting better. Let go. We talked about several things now. Write this down if you have to. Let go. Colossians 3 and 2, set your mind on one thing above and not on earthly things. Get your mind off, off of earthly things. Get your mind off the bill. Get your mind off how your neighbor treating you. Get your mind on how you're going to pay the bill. Get your mind off what somebody said about you. And get your mind on heavenly things. Looking into the hill, David, David said. Looking into the hill, we're coming out here. Knowing all our help from the Lord. Last and not least, Romans 12 and 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Be not formed. Don't let this world form you. Don't this world make you bitter because it's bitter. Don't let this world make you sad because it's sad. Don't let this world make you unsafe because it's unsafer. Don't let this world make you untrustworthy because it's untrustworthy. Don't let this world hurt you because it's hurting everybody. Don't let what people do to you make you become what they is. Don't let people bring you down to the level hurting you, talking about you. Now you walk around talking about somebody, hurting somebody. So we talked about letting go tonight. Let go. Forgive. Let it turn it loose. So God can take you to the next level. God wants to take you a place that you have not been because you won't let go where you're at. Don't you know if you don't let go where you're at, you can't go somewhere other, other places? As long as you hold on to where you're at, you will never be able to go over there where God wants you to be. Let it go. Turn it loose. So God can take you to higher heights and deeper death. He want to bless somebody this evening. And that's why he got me talking again about letting go, talking about forgiveness, talking about resentment, talking about bitterness, talking about grudging. Talking about animosity. Let this stuff go because it comes to destroy you. It, it, it comes to, to steal your joy. And we thank God for the lesson this evening. So we pray that you got it this evening. Let it go so God can bless you. Precious Father, we thank you for the lesson. We were excited about it. You just letting us tell us that we to let it go so you can bless us, so you can just or open the treasures of heaven and bless us real good. I pray that this message has found somebody this evening. I pray this message have encouraged somebody this evening. I pray this message have given somebody strength this afternoon to let go, God. I know it hurt. I know mama did wrong. I know daddy did wrong. I know you don't even want to talk to daddy no more. Don't want to talk to mama no more. Don't even want to back up, go back to the home place no more. Don't, don't even want to, 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 to go to the birthday party. Don't even want to go to the family union because you were hurt so bad or, or treated wrong. Or daddy or mama so partiality. They love brothers and sisters more than they love you. But I encourage you. Put it behind you. Pick up that telephone. 
phone. Call that mom. Call that dad. Call your brother. Call your sister. Call your husband. Call your wife. Call your ex-husband. Call your ex-wife. Get it right. Fix it in the eyes of God so God can bless you. Get that bitterness that ain't nothing but stealing your joy. That bitterness that's stealing the smile off your face. It got you walking around with resentment, sickness in your body. And you can't even get well because you won't forgive. God can't heal you because you won't forgive. How God got to forgive you before He can heal you, and you won't you won't let Him you won't let Him heal you because you won't forgive. So I ask you to forgive this season so God can heal you and God can make you whole. God again, we ask you to bless uh, the, the, the the lost sheep uh, program, bless Apostle uh, uh, in the name of Jesus from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, and bless Apostle Mozzie. Oh God, continue to strengthen her. Continue to give her the grace she needs. Uh, build her where she may be torn down. Wrap your love around about her, God, and keep her as she do your will. In Jesus' name we pray, and we thank you. Amen. Amen and amen. And, Lord, we bless the apostle from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. We bless his ministry. We ask that people send in the tithes and offerings to support the Burning Bush Church. We ask, God, that you give Apostle the favor, the anointing. We thank you, God, for him. The prayer of the righteous prevaileth much. I thank you how he prayed for me and my family and miracles happen. I thank you, God, even while he's on the radio tonight, that I am being blessed abundantly. And I thank you for his wife, his children, his members of the church. I thank you for this radio broadcast and for Archbishop. In Jesus' name, I'm in agreement with his prayer. We decree and declare that miracle signs and wonders will follow them that listen to the ministry of the burning bush and the fivefold ministry. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Dad. Yes, good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.